What's up, everybody? My name is Lamar Kendrick. Welcome to Street Preacher, Christian Self-Help Podcast. Check me out on LamarKendrick.com. Enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone. It's Lamar. Hopefully, everybody's having a great day. Hopefully, everybody allowing God to come into their life and bless them with wonderful things and that they are blessing God with what they're doing with their life. Today, we will be ending the three-part series on God's resume. We started off with God's resume qualifications. Then we went into God's resume references. And now, today, we will end with God's resume results. Now, it's important to understand how a resume works. The whole point of a resume, as I said before, is to get you employment with a company or with an agency. And the way your resume is shaped and the way your resume is put together will allow that to happen or will not allow that to happen. So God took time to write his resume so that when he presented it to us, We will see everything about him that we need to see. We will see his qualifications, why he should have the job or why he should get the job. We will see his references, what people thought about him and the job that he did for them. And then once we bring him aboard or allow him to come aboard, then we will see the results. And those are the things that makes it clear that he is who he said he is, the great I am. So tonight we're going to really um, focus on that a great deal. We're going to go through different uh, scriptures and chapters in the Bible that's going to explain that even more. As I said before, it is hugely important that we read God's resume. It is hugely important that we allow God to come into our lives and make a positive difference and an effective difference in our lives on a daily basis, not just Sometime, but every day when God go to work for us, he worked for us for the rest of our life. He don't take time off. He don't come late. He's there on time and he is working every day. He don't have holidays. He worked throughout the holiday. He don't have summer breaks. He worked throughout the summer breaks. So it's important that with this series, what I want everybody to understand is that God wants to be with us. He wants to be a part of our life. He wants to help us through those struggles. I mean, because... There's so many struggles in this world that if we don't have God's help, we're not going to get through them because it's impossible to get through these struggles without God. So it's important that we really take God's resume seriously and not just look at it as something that's a good book to read or something that somebody said that we should read, but we should want to read this. We should want to read about our father and our friend and our protector and our provider and our guide and our healer and our helper and our counselor. And I advocate. We should want to know about that because the more we know about those different sides of him, the more he can help us in those different areas. So tonight, like I said, it's going to be on the results. I want to show everybody the results from the Bible of when God come into our lives, when we allow God to come in our lives and when we allow God to do what he does, how it turns out for us. And even though this is in the Bible and it was a period of time ago, It's the same way for us now because God changes not. He is the same he was yesterday that he is today and he will be the same today that he will be tomorrow. You know, so it's kind of like, but it's up to us. He put everything in front of us to make a choice and we have to make that choice. 
So um, before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about another experience I had with God coming into my life and me allowing God to come into my life or me not really allowing God to come into my life, but God telling me or showing me that I should allow him to come into my life. When I was about um, 13 years old, 13 to 14, I think it was like 14, you know, I heard people say I should go to church. And like I said, my mom, she took us to church when we was younger, you know, and I heard the minister and I went to drill team and all those different things. And, you know, I did parade, church parades and, you know, I had all those different functions. So I was a part of it in that sense. I never truly felt comfortable with it, you know, as a young man. Um, but, um, I still was a part of it. Well, you know, I knew that, you know, people told me go to church or if you don't go to church, you know, you're not going to go to heaven. You don't go to hell. And, you know, I didn't know much about heaven or hell back then, but from what I heard from people, hell did not seem like a good place. So that is not somewhere I wanted to go. I wanted to go to heaven because the way they described heaven was beautiful and you got everything that you really desired and it was peaceful and your family was up there and all that good stuff. And man, that's the place to be. Hell, they said it's going to be fire and you're going to be working all day and the devil's going to be whipping you and you're going to be all going through all this. It's like, I don't want to do that. So, you know, even at the age, I knew I didn't want to do that, but I still wasn't at the point where I wanted to commit to God or I even knew enough at that time to commit to God. So, um, you know, I um, tried to do something when I was a kid that will prove that I did not have to go to church. You know, now that I'm older, you know, back then I said you had to go to church. I was talking about the actual building of church. But now that I'm older and I'm deeper into this word, I realize that church is the body. So wherever we go, we're in church in ourselves. Uh, we can congregate with a group of people and have a fellowship. But I realize now that church, you know, even though that building is church too, and I don't have anything against that, and you can't go there and have a great time there, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's where, you know, you can congregate with other like-minded believers. But church is your body, and God wants to have a relationship with you in you. You know, he wants to be able to be with you and walk with you and talk with you and and lay down and relax and chill and hold your hand and make you laugh and make you happy when you're sad. And that's within you. So when I asked this question, I was asking on one level, but I know now that's such a deeper level than that. But God still answered my question back then, even though I didn't want the answer. So um, I was in my room. I was a kid. and It was me, my brother, and my mom. I think that was the only people in the house at that time. And uh, my mom, she was in her room, and my brother, he was in his room with his door closed. And I was in my room with my door kind of open. It wasn't all the way open, but it wasn't all the way closed. And it was dark in my room. And I wasn't watching TV at that time. I was just kind of like, you know, just thinking. Because I did that a lot as a kid. I would sit down and just think a great deal. And I still do that now as an adult. I can just sit somewhere in the dark and just really think about life and what I want my life to be. And even back then, I thought that way. And um, so, you know, I thought I would challenge God or I would prove God wrong for that I could be right. Let's say it like that. So, um, I heard my brother in his room and his TV was on, but he wasn't up because I heard a little snoring going on. I heard snoring going on. So I was like, okay, he's asleep. So I said, let me see what I can ask God that I know he can't do to where I can prove myself right and prove God wrong so that I wouldn't have to even think about going to church, even though people say I should go to church. So what I did was um, I asked God, I was like, hey, God, if um, it's wrong for me not to go to church, then um. 
get my brother to get up out of bed, open up his door, grab my doorknob and close my door and then close this door and get back in the bed. I like, if you do that, God, I will go to church. Now, of course, at the age of 13, 14, I did not mean that in the sense of going to church. You know, I just wanted to prove God wrong to where I wouldn't have to worry about going to church because that's not something that I want to do anyway. So, you know, I was laying in my bed thinking, you know what, this ain't going to happen, so I'm good. You know, I wake up tomorrow and do what I do and don't have to worry about church and don't have to feel guilty about not going to church or, you know, feel like I'm doing wrong. So I was good. And about a few minutes later, my brother, mysteriously, I say, and to this day, he don't know why he did it because I have asked him throughout time, you know, like, why you did it? He just tell me he don't know. He just felt like doing it. He actually got out of his bed. So that means he had to get up. He had to wake up. He walked. I heard his feet walking to his door. He opened up his door. He grabbed the doorknob of mine and he closed the door and he went back in his room, closed the door and got back in the bed. And that blew my mind. I mean, it literally blew my mind. I was so, um, I would say for afraid. I was afraid of what just happened because I knew what I just challenged God to do and it got done within a matter of moments and that blew my mind and, you know, it should have made me go to church, but it didn't. You know, I just kind of sucked it off as just a coincidence, something that, you know, my brother did because I asked him the next morning, I like, why did you do that? And he was like, well, you know, I don't know. I just feel like doing it. So I did it. And that's pretty much the only answer he gave me back then. And that's only, that's pretty much the answer that he gives me now. So, um, I knew that God was talking to me back then, even though back then I didn't know that God was talking to me. But from where I'm at right now, I look back and I see that God was talking to me and he was showing me back then that, you know what, I'm a God that can do all kind of things. I can do what I say I can do and I can do what you challenged me to do. And um, that's just one of the stories that how God came into my life and proved himself to me in such a incredible way that I did not appreciate back then, but I totally appreciate right now. So um, I want to start this teaching or this sharing about God's resume, the results. But before we get started, I want to say a word of prayer because I believe that we always should say a word of prayer before we get started. So thank you, Father, for this day and for your blessing in our lives and how you continue to take care of us and continue to teach us and continue to protect us and to provide for us. Thank you, Father, for your resume and how it's there for anybody who want to read it to where they can learn about you and learn about your qualification and hear about your references and see the results of how you get things done. Thank you, Father, for just continuing to watch over us, your children, Father, and those that will become your children, Father, or those who are lost, Father, but want to become your children, Father. Thank you, Father, for just being there for all of us, Father. Thank you, Father, for helping us through our struggles and times. And thank you, Father, for keeping us at peace. Thank you, Father, for opening up doors that need to be opened and closing doors that need to be closed. Thank you, Father, for putting peace in our lives, Father, and taking anxiety out of our lives, Father. Thank you for this. In the name of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, amen. So now I want everybody to turn to Exodus chapter 14, and we are going to start with verse 14. And I want to set this up real quick for us. This is the situation where, as we know, Israel was enslaved to Egyptian or Egypt for 400 years. 
and God finally sent somebody to free them. And that person that he sent was Moses. And Moses came and he had to do all these things and go against the Pharaoh and prove God to where Pharaoh finally let his people go. Once Pharaoh let his people go, though, he wasn't cool with that. And he wanted to destroy them because of all the stuff that happened, not because of God, but because of he did not listen when Moses told him about God. And a lot of time when we don't listen, when people tell us about God, things do happen. It's not God per se doing it. It's us allowing these things to happen because we're not listening to God, you know? So this situation is day by the Red Sea. And what happens that the people of Israel, they become afraid and they become quite fearful and they are afraid of what the Egyptians who have tracked them down is going to do to them. So they're not thinking about God at the time. They're not thinking about the results of how he got them out of Egypt. They're not thinking about the results of how he got them through this situation or even that situation. The only thing they think about is their fear. And a lot of time when you are caught up in your fear, you cannot think about the results of God. So in verse 14 or chapter 14, God talks to Moses, to the people. And in verse 14, it says, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. So God is saying, you don't have to be tripping. You don't have to be all anxious about this situation. I'm going to fight for you. Now, of course, whatever part that you have to do, I want you to do it. But I got this. And you have to trust me. Because if you don't trust me, then I still got this. But you can't get the results because you're not trusting me. And in verse 15, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. So that's the part that he wants to do. We have to do our part. A lot of times we want God to do his part, but we don't do our, want to do our part, which is to move forward or whatever, pick up this or pick up that or go right or go left, whatever God is telling us to do, we don't want to do. So we just get stuck and or stand still and cry about what's about to happen or what is happening to us. You know, and the thing that they had to do was just to move forward. That's all God asked them to do at that time. Verse 16. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horses. Now, this is what God is saying. I'm going to take care of Pharaoh. I'm going to take care of his people. I'm going to do all this, but I need you to go forward. Now, I know when you look at what's in front of you, it seems impossible. It seems like it can't be done, but I'm a God of results. So since I'm a God of results, whatever seems impossible, is not impossible to me. So if it's not impossible to me, it can't be impossible to you because you believe in me. So there's a sea in front of you, but I'm going to take care of that sea situation. And you're going to go through that sea. And your enemies... I'm going to take care of them to where they won't bother you anymore. But you have to trust me. And God's saying, all you have to do is look at my resume. All you have to do is look at my qualifications. All you have to do is look hear my references. All you got to do is see the results that was in the past to see the results that I will do right now. So Moses did what God told him to do. And as we go down, I'm going to skip down to verse 26. 
And the Lord said something else to Moses. He said, and the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thy hand over the sea that the water may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So God like, okay, now check this out. I had you stretch your hand out to open up the sea to where Israel can walk through on dry land. I even had it open to where Pharaoh's people can come through to a certain degree. Never enough to catch you, but enough to get in there. Now that I did that, I want you to stretch out your hand again, and now the sea is going to close. And it's going to take care of all Pharaoh's people and everybody who worked for Pharaoh. All right? Because I told you, I'm going to fight this battle for you. I'm going to do this. Verse 27, And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength, when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. So every time God going to give us a result, there's still something that we have to do. Moses had to stretch forth his hand for the sea to open. He had to stretch forth his hand for the sea to close. He, the people of Israel had to move forward. So there cannot be results without us doing what God needs to do. That's just it. It's no different than you can't get a master's degree without going to some form of school. You can't stay at home, watch TV, eat bonbons, and then have a master's degree. You're going to either have to do some type of class at a school or online or where you have to go to go and get it done. But you can't sit and get anything done. And God told Moses what to do, which is to stretch forth his hand to get the results. And he told Israel to move forward to get the results. And once you do that, you will get the results. And verse 28. And the water returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came up into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Verse 29. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall upon them on their right hand and on their left hand. So look what happened. You got two things going on. One result is that I told you that Israel is going to be going through the sea, through dry land. And I told you that I was going to take care of the Egyptian. And I did both. While Even while Israel is walking through, the Egyptian is being taken care of. So if you do what I say, you will get the results that I say you will get. The only thing that can stop us from getting the results of God is not to do what he say. That's just it. So that's just one record of God's results. When it came to Moses, Israel, and the Egyptians, and what he said he was going to do for Israel and their results, and what he said he was going to do for the Egyptians and their results. So now what I want us to do is turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we are going to start with verse 37. I want to set this up for you real quick, too. Okay, so now this is about David and Goliath. And I'm going to set this up in the sense of what was taking place before we got to David and Goliath. Now, there was a war. There was a war, I'm sorry. And it was between the Philistines and Israel. And it was just it kept being this battle back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Nobody winning, nobody losing. They just back and forth. So... The Philistine, they had this guy, his name was Goliath, and he was huge. He was tremendously strong, and he had complete confidence in his ability. 
And he walked up to the front line and said, you know what, we're going, we're doing this, we're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. This can end. Let's do this. You get your greatest warrior. And you have your greatest warrior come and fight me. And I will fight your greatest warrior. And if your greatest warrior beat me, you will have our land and we will be your servants. And that's just pretty much what it is. And I can accept that, he said. But if I beat your greatest warrior, we will have your land and you will be our servants. Now, that's like a fair deal. So who's going to take me up on this offer? When he said that, Israel's heart caved. They were so afraid of him that not one man said, I will take you up on that offer. They thought about their life. They thought about losing their life. They thought about all these things that comes with fear. Fear, once again, is stopping you from moving. God told Israel in Exodus with Moses, you had to move forward. He told Moses, you had to stretch forth your hand. So in this situation, somebody had to stand up to this Philistine because if you're not standing up, you're sitting down. If you're sitting down, you can't get the results that you're going to get if you're standing up. So he said that, and by chance, or let's not say by chance, by the grace of God, by the knowledge of God, David happened to be coming to you know, help his brothers out, give them things, and take care of them, and meet their needs at that time. And he overheard what the Philistines said. And he said, you know what? I don't like what he said. I don't like how he's talking bad about God's people. I don't like how he said that God can't help us. I don't like how he said he can defeat us. And I want to fight him. And his brothers, his brother that was so full of fear, tried to talk him down and tried to talk him down in a negative way to make him feel bad about himself. When all David was saying is that we can't let this Philistine talk about our God and talk about God's people and back down to him, which was nothing wrong in saying that. But since his brother was caught in such fear, he said that David was wrong for what he was saying. So some people heard David say this and they went to Saul, who was the king at that time. And told Saul what this young man said. And Saul brought this young man to him. And David convinced him too that, you know what, I can do this. Because I'm not going to just do this by myself. God is going to be with me. So we're going to start this in verse 37. And we're going to see the results that came from David believing in God and doing what God told him to do. So this is David right here uh, talking to Saul. He said, David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. So David said, I already seen the results of God. I mean, I seen him so many times, but I'm going to just give you two stories of it. The story of the lion, when I had to defeat that lion or when that bear came at me, I had to defeat that bear. I couldn't do that by myself. I'm not that strong. I'm not that wise. God was with me and he told me what to do and I did what he told me what to do and I got the results of what he said would happen if I did what he told me to do. So that's all David's saying. And David's kind of like, you know what? So I'm not afraid of this Philistine because he is not more powerful than God. 
He can't do no more than God. He can't defeat what God has going on. And let's go to verse 45. Excuse me. Let's go to verse, verse 45. I'm sorry. And it said, Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear. To, th- to thee, okay, with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. So David said, you know what? You can bring whatever you want to bring to me. You can have this. You can have that. You can, you can have all the things that everybody said you're supposed to have for war. All the things that people said will give you the advantage over me in war. All the things that people said people should back down to. You can have all those things. I'm going to come to you with, first of all, with God and the weapon that God gave me to defeat you. And that's going to be enough because you have defied the armies of God. You have talked bad about God. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. And in verse 46, it says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So he's telling them what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do to you. Not only am I going to defeat you, but after I defeat you, I'm going to do this. And everybody's going to know that God, when he says something, it's going to happen. God's results are true. God told me I could beat you the same way he told me I could beat the lion, the same way he told me I could beat the bear. And I listened to him and I did it. And I won. Well, nothing's going to change. It's going to be the same thing in this situation. You know, and, and that's all God is asking us to do. He's like, believe what I say. If you believe my resume, if you have you looked at my resume, have you saw what I've done? Have you seen my qualifications? Have you heard the testimony about me? So then just believe it. And David did. And in verse 49, it says, And David put his hand in his bag and took this a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone stuck into his forehead and he fell upon the face of the earth. That's the result. David said what he was going to do. He believed in God, <coughs> excuse me, to do it. And it got done. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Because guess what? God said, I'm going to tell you whatever you need to fight whatever battle you need to fight. So we have all kinds of battles in this world that we fight. It's not, and everything is a Goliath without God and God told David how to deal with Goliath as he would tell us how to deal with whatever Goliath we are dealing with in life but we can't hear this or understand this or even experience this if we don't know his resume if we don't know his qualifications if we don't know his his references if we don't experience his results so these teachings that I did in this three-part series was God's resume is important to really go back and look at for yourself the scriptures and, and look at it on your life, you know, from a different perspective that God qualifications mean something. 
God references mean something and God results mean something. And if we want to experience that life that God had planned for us, then we need to understand God. And the only way we can understand God is through his resume. So before I end, I want to say a word of prayer. And I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody for being a part of this three-part series. And I hope you learned something from this. And I look forward to talking to you again with another um, sharing. Thank you, Father, for your word and how it has blessed our lives and how it has been so real to us. And open up our eyes to where we can see you for who you are and what you have done and what you continue to do. Thank you, Father, for us being at peace as we move with you and us having maximum strength as we move with you. Thank you, Father, for infusing our brains, Father, to where we can see things that we need to see and continue to just muscle up that spirit to where we can be strong enough to deal with whatever situation come. Thank you, Father, for your love and your grace and your mercy and for Angelina, who has surgery today, and I pray that they went well and that you comfort her and her family. And then your beloved son, Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs>